And I'm Kristen. And we are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 135. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing a film that I don't think a ton of people have heard of. I could be wrong, but I feel like this is kind of a hidden film that I just kind of accidentally found back in my days when I was broke and picking up (laughs) random horror movies in random bins when I was like early high school age so this is called midnight movie not to be confused with midnight meat train which it has been because they came out around the same time this Mm -hmm. film is an independent film that had a million dollar budget so really small and it was distributed by bigfoot entertainment by some no-name actors that yeah none of them even I don't think went on to do anything. So I would be really surprised if you've seen this movie. If you have, hit me up because I'm really interested. I watched this movie with my friend Aaron back in the day. I'm pretty sure it was just me and him. So I don't know of anyone that's really ever seen this movie because I don't think you have. Just you and Aaron. No. Well, I have now. But no, I had never even heard of this movie before. Yeah, I I sent it to my friend Ashley because I was like, did we watch this together? Like, was this a whole group thing? And she watched the trailer. She was like, nope. So then I sent it to Aaron and he was like, yes. So it was <laughs> just Aaron and I. And so it wasn't even like one of those where we watched it in like a big group. So I, I just couldn't I, I remembered this movie and I was like you know I'm kind of interested to see if you can even find this movie anymore and you can apparently so mm-hmm. I didn't really remember much about it other than I watched it actually a couple times because I think I bought it so I just had it kind of chilling in my collection and I don't know if i found found it endearing this time because I had watched it so many times when I was younger or if I actually I don't know. I'm interested to see what your thoughts are because it's really confusing and kind of weird. So, and doesn't really make any sense. But people die, and it's yeah. kind of gory. It, so. It's a slasher yeah. in a movie theater. Yeah, about yeah. an old movie. Okay, okay. There's some yeah. things. There's some things. And midnight movies were a thing, so they would just randomly used to show old movies at midnight at movie theaters i mean that's not really something that happens a ton anymore because they would just randomly pick one every weekend or so and back way back when and we should bring that back whenever we can go to movies again because agreed i would love that well that's what you and i have even talked about of doing like a movie theater where we just show old-fashioned movies we have so many dreams i know (laughs) i need money i know one of them you know one of we have this dream of like opening a horror movie theater or even if it you know wasn't just like if we didn't just so show horror movies because you know we got to make money so like you know but like specifically having it be like horror movie themed and showing all of the sorry for whistling into the mic but showing all of the you know the short releases or the limited releases and you know doing all of these festivals that are horror festivals love that oh Oh my my god God. (laughs) yeah we're just like dreaming we're just sitting (laughs) patreon.com slash the extra (laughs) we only need like i don't know 10 grand a month (laughs) 
to make it happen and y'all like, can do it I have faith no I know I don't even know where we put it because like we live you know in Colorado Springs and it's like but we'd probably need a more like bustly city I don't know I mean what is it Jackson Hole Wyoming or something they have somebody has a film festival that Robert Redford created and it like created that town we could do that true true I mean Denver's not that far either yeah I wouldn't want to live there but no but we can visit for the festival true true yeah so you know support us and maybe we can make a horror movie theater and make it a hub for horror lovers and oh and then we can put a hotel next to it for horror people to stay there for our festival what if we do we did it we could do it in estes and then y'all could stay at the stanley (gasps) we could partner with them oh my god it's perfect we've got it figured out they have all like a ton of shining movie memorabilia yeah super neat yeah maybe you could get a room rate on stephen king's room Right? No joke. If we were like moguls or something, we could probably team up with the Stanley. Maybe something. Fucking expensive to stay in that room, let me tell you. God damn. <laughs> it was like what, six hundred something dollars for something one night. Like that, yeah. Yeah. It was it was super cool. Like I'm super glad we did it, but woo. Yeah. It was expensive. Anyways, what were we talking about? Midnight movie. So back to midnight movie, not midnight movies. But now you know our pipe dreams. So <laughs> You know, you can continue to support and maybe, maybe it'll happen. So this movie starts out 40 years after directing this slasher movie called The Dark Beneath. We have this guy in this psych ward and they're like, you know, we're just going to let him watch this movie because since he's been locked up here, he's gotten worse. And they, he's just like, his name is Ted Radford. I, I'm going to say Rad Tedford at some point and I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 he's in this psych ward and in an attempt to cure him his doctors are like we'll just let him watch his movie it's fine big mistake huge and (laughs) huge huge when another doctor walks in at like they because they get distracted which like if you're gonna let like this really dangerous criminal do something that you know is like a big deal to him you should like observe him like isn't that the whole point of being like like observing your patient yeah he like goes out to the hall to tell some orderly to play the movie and then you go and like the the dude's sitting there watching the movie like what yeah and you can tell he's like super stoked oh yeah he's like he's like tearing flesh off himself and i'm like oh goodness yeah yeah and so he just they walk into the room after they like for like remember that they're like oh i should be doing something yeah right (laughs) There's all these weird, like, culty symbols written in blood on the floor. And so you're like, hmm. But the guy's gone. There's just, like, lots of blood. Yeah. And then he just, like, slaughters everyone. But there's no bodies. Yeah. No bodies anywhere. Hmm. And then five years later, a movie theater is showing the dark beneath for the first time since the asylum murders. Dun, dun, dun. And then we have this theater staff. And this is very typical of a slasher. It's a very young adult type or like teenager type victim pool Mm -hmm. that we're going to pull from. Victim pool that we're going to pull from. (laughs) And the theater staff has Bridget, Rachel, and Kenny. 
and then like some customers that come and there's like this biker couple love them and of course their names don't are love them in the beginning though no no but their names okay well at the same time though they're like telling them to shut the fuck up while they're watching a movie and i'm like same like yes shut the fuck up no that but they like walk into the concession stand and he's like oogling the girls and i'm like can you fucking stop it's gross his girlfriend even comments on it and he's like testosterone babe and it's like ew no okay yeah he was like poorly written on that end but like later he's like all about like later he's awesome. like yeah, yeah he's he's super super chill dude it's fucking snowing what the fuck is that what? sorry yeah, it's snowing. Oh my god! I'm sitting here with the window open, and, and there's like just a little snow flurrying <laughs> around. It's oh, it supposed to be nice all week, anyways. And then we have those two, and like like I said, I think their names are Harley and Babe. And I'm like, you couldn't have been more creative with a biker couple's name, Harley. Come on, <laughs> and Babe, and Babe. <laughs> And then we have a doctor from the asylum and then a detective. And they both believe that this guy is going to show up because, like, this is his movie. And it doesn't really get played that much because it was kind of like an indie film. And this theater just, like, randomly found it because it was, like, cheap. And I guess it costs money to play, like, you know, big films. Yeah. Costs so. a lot of money. That yeah. is why, by the way, in movie theaters, you should definitely go to the concessions because they don't actually make money on the films, by the way. That's why sneaking snacks in is not advisable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do it, but. Uh, yeah, I get it. Like, the concessions are expensive. <laughs> and you you want to bring in what you want to bring. But also, yeah, ever since I found that out, I was like, oh, man. So I always buy concessions there. Especially now after pandemic, I'm going to be like, mm -hmm. I don't even like popcorn, but like, just give me popcorn or something. <laughs> like, right. I don't know. Or my like $8 box of Junior Mints or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they, and then so there are those, and then this Bridget is the manager of the theater, and her younger brother Timmy is also there, which she's like, go home, but he fucking doesn't, and we know that. And then her boyfriend shows up, and then like some of their other friends. But yeah, we basically just have all these teenagers in a movie theater. Yeah. And so they all go in to watch the movie, and it's. It's a slasher there. And it also is in black and white and it, it's very, it kind of reminds you of like, it kind of reminded me of like psycho a little bit, but also like it had a weird mother son vibe, but like, I know in psycho that he doesn't, but it, I kind of liked the actual movie that they were playing. Yes. I you wanted know? to see that more. <laughs> I know, I know. I was like, interesting. So the movie is kind of very like 70s. So there's like three or four, I think it's three. Th yeah. There are four. There are four people, three girls and a guy that come okay. in a van. Yeah. And they're just driving along to go to Woodstock, I think. Yeah. And, and they're in fucking California and there's this hippie girl who's high as shit. And she's like, it's right there. And they're like, we're still in California. It's great. Yeah. I want to be her. Like, I know. She not a single care in the world. She was awesome. No, but we're going to, what's going to be weird is we're going to be talking about two movies. We're talking about the movie in the movie in the movie. So keep yeah. up. Keep up. <laughs> keep up. Keep up. Keep up. So the movie that they're watching, they're driving along and they break down. And so it's very, very, you know, typical. And the guy goes to this house nearby to try to get help. And of the slasher's mother knows she's like, Oh yeah. It's also kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and like it's a family affair, you know? Yeah. Or, and like Friday the 13th where mom's involved. It's like all of those. 
Yeah. And so she knows that the sun's going to fucking. And his weapon's also really interesting. Yeah, it is. I'm not sure how well it would like kill the way he uses it, but it's interesting. He does keep it very sharp, though. Yeah, like, ew. He's just constantly sharpening it when he's not, like, killing. So. It's like, if anybody has played Bioshock, it's like this big freaking screw, almost. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, it is literally like a screw, but it's like like a funneled screw. It's hard to explain. Yeah. I don't know what it actually is. I'm sure it's actually something. I just don't know what. I would assume some sort of, like hole drill like to drill a hole in a wall or something would be my guess yeah that's what it looks like and he holds it with like a handle so it's like an extension of his hand so he could like stab someone and then like twist it and it would literally like screw into their body yeah kind of neat it is it is a really cool weapon it would be super painful to be killed by though because it's not like a clean like at least like a knife's gonna go in cleanly and go all the way through and come out not this thing no I don't know, but you'll have to, I'll post a picture or something, I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, so they're watching this movie, and then he starts killing, and they're all, like, super stoked about it. But what's weird is the film will, like, cut, and it kind of looks like the film is fucking up, like the reel, Mm -hmm. and the projector is messing up, and then all of a sudden it'll cut to something there they're not quite sure what it is it's like a pov from the killer but it's the movie theater that they're in and one of their friends has like gone to the bathroom or something and he actually gets killed by the killer and then dragged into the movie and they're watching him being dragged into the killer's lair in the movie and they just think it's some sort of like really cool special effects and they're being pranked but it's some sort of so those culty symbols in the beginning is actually some sort of just like like cult magic or something you never actually get an explanation of how this is possible yeah i mean it is still essentially a slasher so we don't get a lot of explanation just a lot of killing right there is some sort of like paranormally stuff going on because he's he can go in and out of the movie as long as the projector is running Mm mm-hmm So once the film ends, he can no longer do it. But for that hour and a half or whatever, how long the film is, he can move in and out of the film freely, which is interesting. It's a very interesting concept. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why when I was like a kid or like in high school or whatever, I was a freshman when this came out or like maybe a sophomore, like in my first few months of my sophomore year or the end of my freshman year, because I started my freshman year in 2007. So... I was young and I think that's why it stayed with me. Like regardless of it being good or bad or the acting being good or bad or whatever, I was like, interesting. Mm-hmm. You can't really say you've seen anything like it as far as that goes. Slashing and killing. Yes. But you know, well, it reminded me actually a lot of, if anybody watches charmed, there is an episode where there is an old black and white horror movie that's playing and some sort of spell happens. Obviously they're witches and Phoebe ends up being able to like go into the movie and like the, actually it's three different movies because three different characters come out and they're like killing people. And the whole thing is you have to figure out how they died in the movie to kill them in real life. And that's why I kept thinking with this one. I was like, okay, so y'all have to figure out how he died in the, in the horror movie to kill him now. But that's not, that's not how that happens. Yeah, so basically the only way to stop it is to get the film to stop playing, which at some point they do figure that out. 
but there is some sort of like force with this film. Mm-hmm. Like they knock over the projector and they're like, cool, we did it. But it just like snaps back and keeps going. So it's not quite that easy, you know? Yeah. So and it's really discouraging too, but so they, it basically picks them off one by one. And like for a while, they're just watching this happen. Like one of the other workers basically goes down to redo the, you know, the CO2 lines for like fountain drinks. He has to go yeah. and rehook that up. And while he's down there, the killer comes back into their dimension and kills him on screen. And so that's two people they basically seen this done to. And they do kind of start to catch on that something weird is happening. And so they basically run out and they're going to investigate. And the detective also reveals himself to the rest of the group. And he realizes that the deaths are real because they're in the bathroom, like playing with this. I think it's a heart or something on the floor. And they're the detective's like, that's fucking real. Because he's realizing that the blood is real. That yeah. is like sitting around. And so the group try to get help, but they realize their phones don't have signal. The fo- their phones are all dead. And they and even a cop comes up later and is standing literally right outside the theater looking in and they're all right at the glass and he can't see them. So it's basically like whatever power this movie and this killer have is literally causing like something paranormal to happen to this theater. It's faking the it's basically caused an alternative dimension almost yeah so that's that's spooky (laughs) and they can't even like they try to shoot out the door and not even that is is doing anything so so like and the killer come pops back out and slashes the doctor's throat and the, the detective even shoots him but it doesn't even do anything so you can't even like kill him conventionally so yeah then all hell breaks loose. They know that they're being hunted and Timmy is like the little kid is like, Oh, I came back. Cause they tried to send him away. And he's like, Oh, I came back through the upstairs window. And so they're like, Oh, cool. Let's try to go through the upstairs window. So they go up to the upstairs window. And while they're doing that, he comes back through. Cause every time he kills someone, he goes back into the film, drags them down into his little torture chamber. And then he comes back as they are getting more scared it takes him less time to come back. So obviously he's basically going back, bringing the body back and then he's right back at them. Yeah. Which they eventually figure out that he is basically tracking them and stuff through their fear. Yeah. So there are some like very common, like horror movie tropes that they're using, but they've tied a lot of elements together, which is interesting. Which oh, I wanted to mention too, when they are, watching the movie before all of this starts happening there's one guy that's like a horror movie like guru and he's like this is kind of a weak setup and i was like that is us like we are that we're just sitting in the theater like watching these teenagers like driving through and going to a house and he's like that's a weak setup and i was like that's me and Kristen." like (laughs) yep that's us agreed and then also, like, this guy's getting really excited about the kills. And his girlfriend's like, if you get turned on by this, we're breaking up. And I was like, um, what if, you know, what if it's, you're not turned on, but you get, like, stoked when people right. get killed? Like, there's like, a difference. Yeah. yeah, exactly. In the face. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, it's different. You don't have to be turned on. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you are turned on, though, like, ugh, I don't know about that. 
you're probably a serial killer. There's something you need to work out in therapy. <laughs> yeah. It's not turned on. Now, that being said, there are things that certain characters in certain Star Wars related movies do when they're fighting that I'm like, yes, that do things to me. But that's a different story. Right. He is like, committing mass genocide, though. But different. Right. Or like the fact that, you know, Amanda and I have both confessed that there are horror movies that we've like, you know, done stuff while it's playing. That's <laughs> different. Okay. <laughs> that's boredom. That's just like we have to put something on because like I need background noise because everything else is awkward. And, and what like, is better background noise than people screaming? Yeah. 13 ghosts for me. Now you are fucked up and psychotic. <laughs> you putting on the exorcist is a whole new level. Saying the first hour is boring. You're right. I, mean, I want to do something else. Just but saying. Once she starts puking green shit up and like I just mm -mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. we're cutting hot. the episode right here <laughs> <laughs> it's gotten into weird fucking territory and I'm out I just yeah no but if the actual act of somebody being stabbed does stuff for you I don't yeah. know what to tell you, you now that being said Richard also or something yeah that being said also I d can't understand how like blood can be like cool you know but like mm. And like, okay, never mind. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Patreon.com. You're like, I'm making myself sound like a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash the Exorcistors podcast. You can get the good shit. Okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> back to, we're going to cut back to where we actually were because we cut back. Now we're going <laughs> forward again. So they're running away, trying to go to the upstairs window to try to escape. But when they do that, it slams shut on one of the girl's fingers and it traps her and her bitch ass boyfriend. I have conflicted feelings on this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Her boyfriend is trying to help her for a little while, but then he realizes that she's just like stuck there and he bails. All right. Well, let's just have a just a little quick conversation about the ethics of this. I get that that's a real bitch ass thing to do. That being said... There's nothing you can do for her. So it's either you both get killed or just one of you get killed. So do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I would agree with you until I watched the fucking yummy from Belgium, one of our foreign horror movies, and he cut her fingers off when they got stuck so they could get out. That's what like break the fucking window, grab some glass, cut her fucking fingers off something. I would yank those bitches out. Like, I'm sorry if they come off at the knuckle. I guess they come off at the knuckle, but I'm not just going to sit there. No, I agree with you. Like, that's what I would also be like, hey, we're going to cut your fingers off. Otherwise, you're going to die. Right. You know? He does just like look at her and run, though. He doesn't have like a conversation with her about it. He just he's like, yeah. <laughs> like deuces. And then he runs. And then right. she like somebody does get in front of her. I think it's the detective gets in front of her and he's like, if you want to get to her, you're going to have to go through me. And he literally stabs through. through. Yeah. Stabs yeah. through him and then stabs her through him. So good. But the part that I was confused about is eventually the bitch ass boyfriend runs downstairs and he gets punched out by our big biker dude. And he's like, he fucking left his girlfriend. And I'm like, how the fuck do you know? How do you know he left his girlfriend and she didn't just die? Or you, you weren't up there. Maybe it's because he survived and she didn't. Because the detective didn't survive and neither did the girlfriend. So obviously the detective didn't leave. I don't know. I'm just trying to piece together. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that could have happened. Who knows? He could have been running and they got caught or something could have happened. Like, shit happens in horror movies all the time. Calm down, dude. 
Yeah. He is a bitch ass though. He is. Yeah. I think that also like, you know, your survival instinct kicks in and it kind of goes back to like humans are just going to do whatever they need to, to survive regardless of like anything else, you know? Right. But yeah, that's, that's fucked. It's hard because like you want to say that you would be there for your other people, especially someone you love, but like, would you, you know? Right. I mean, that's the essential question, but it's, that's not where I'm saying he's the bitch ass. Like I totally get that fight or flight thing. I totally understand. But there's a point later on where he's like trying to run down the hall again and the little kid gets in his way. He's like, oh, my way, kid, and like shoves him. That's the shitty part. I mean, yeah, grab the kid and run together. Like that's easy. (laughs) You don't have to, you don't have to throw the kid in your path. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So the, the group that's left tries to regroup and they are like, okay, so let's try to break the projector and stop the film. And so they send the kid up into the vents and the killer tries to get the kid out of the vents because you do see the killer kind of freak out that they're going towards the projector because he knows that if they get that, then it's, it's over. So they get in there, the kid opens the door and Harley tries to break the projector, but okay, here, here's what was frustrating. They knocked over the projector and I'm like, break the film yes he like even holds it up and looks at one of the like yeah film pieces and i'm like yank it tear it like there's scissors around there's something to cut fucking break that shit apart bite it eat it yeah. i don't know like literally what? rip that shit apart what are Take you doing it out of the room of the projector you know like separate the two of them before because then the killer from the film strip looks at him and it goes back to the projector and the projector sets itself up and it starts rolling again and it repairs itself and then the killer chases them again and Harley, his girlfriend and the little kid hide in a closet, but the killer breaks through the door and stabs Harley, the biker guy while the others get away. And so but when they had the project or the film strip, I was like, there's literally like so many, th- you're a biker. He literally, the biker brandished a knife earlier. So yeah. he could have cut it even if there were scissors or fire like a uh, you can't tell me you don't have a lighter first of all like that right. shit on fire you exactly. know exactly fucking find something wrap it around a door handle yank it i don't know something yeah there, watch you more horror movies right so i don't know but i would have just destroyed as soon as that film strip came off i would have ripped that film strip in half mm-hmm. at multiple points so that exactly. no part of that movie could be played. Would have just started shredding it down the middle. Something. Exactly. Yeah. So. But. So. The. The rest of them. So we have Bridget. And her boyfriend. And Mario. Who was the bitch ass that ran away from his girlfriend. They go back towards the theater. Where the film is actually playing. And they see Babe being murdered on screen. And then Mario ditches his friends but he gets killed by the killer and then we have bridget and josh and then the little kid but the little kid is separated and josh tries to help bridget but he eventually gets killed which is actually really sad because they were like together and this whole time bridget and timmy have had this backstory of like an abusive father just kind of throwing that out there her acting was kind of meh yeah you know the whole time which was you know kind of whatever and the whole sob story of her abusive father wasn't done really well i didn't think i thought it was a little over dramatic mm-hmm. but 
just my opinion. And but her boyfriend dies, and that was kind of sad. Yeah, because you kind of just wanted the boyfriend, her, and the little kid to get out of this alive. That's really all you really wanted. Agreed. And it's because he kind of saves her. Like he's like, I'm figuring it out. It's the fear. He goes out there. He's like, I'm not afraid. He's like trying to be this big macho dude. And then the killer just like vanishes. And then he goes in the room like everything's okay. And the killer's just behind his girlfriend. Yeah, because she's terrified. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, okay, you're not scared. But there are other people here that are scared. So right. So now she has to find her brother. And Bridget realizes that in order to feed him, they have to get rid of their fear, which is exactly what her boyfriend was saying. So then her and her brother concentrate on not being afraid. And so they go and they sit literally next to each other on the floor in the theater in front of the film that's playing. And they just sit there and she starts praying and he just starts, he's just sitting there. And then he's saying baseball. Yeah. Hall of Fame people, I think. Yeah. And then they find Bridget finds herself inside the movie in a creepy like basement. So while he couldn't kill her, he did like get her. So like, yeah, because she fucking first of all, I don't get it. Like that is one of those things where I'm not saying anything, but the Lord's prayer would be making me panic more. Like, death is, like, right there. I liked the baseball thing. Do something like that. Something that's going to take up your mind that's not, you know, kind of scary. But she's, like, doing it. And the killer is walking in front of her and trying to sense their fear. And there isn't any. And he walks away. And then she, like, opens her eyes and sees him. And she gets all scared. And that's when he comes back and gets her. It's like, why did you do that? Also, the Lord's Prayer, like, walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You're not going to tell me you're not going to be scared. Yes, that's exactly my point. That is something that people use all the time with funerals, right before they die, things like that. That is like a cliche of being scared. What are you doing? Hmm. Yeah, that I, I would not be praying, personally. No. Yeah. No, no. So they are in the movie now. He's dragged them into the movie, and she finds everyone that he has dragged in tied up in cells and they're bleeding, but they're alive. So in this other dimension, they're not dead. They're just like immensely suffering. Right. And she finds Josh and he's like, you need to run. You need to get out. And she's also been stabbed. Mm -hmm. Like he has stabbed her at some point. But the killer finds her and starts torturing her. And she is starts praying again. He's just like snapping her toes. Yeah. Yeah. But she starts praying and then her fear goes away and he can't like feel her fear. And so she escapes and gets her brother. And then they are ambushed by the killer's mother. Well, she's able to escape because of the hippie girl from the movie, which is awesome. Oh, that's right. That's right. She comes in and she just screams and then it scares the killer and then she's able to get away, which I'm like, yeah, hippie girl. Yeah, because we still have movie people. Yeah. Which is weird, but yeah, it works. (laughs) Yes. But her brother stabs the movie mom and they continue to run out of the house. But she's running really well for someone who just had a bunch of toes snapped. I'm just saying. Fucking A. I was like, no, I don't, maybe adrenaline, but I don't know. I just feel like logistically that just wouldn't work very well, but. Right. Like, aren't you still kind of bleeding out? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. 
So they're running away and then she sees that the movie is literally about to end as they're running away and she throws her brother through the movie screen and once this the movie ends she's trapped in and that makes Timmy the only survivor. So the police get to the theater and he's like telling them all about this and they think that obviously he's made all of this up just to cope with the fact that there was like a horrible murder scene inside. So yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> slashes are kind of hard to talk about because there's not a ton of depth to them. Like this one had a little bit more because there was like in a movie, out of a movie, and there was a little bit of, but when it comes down to it, they were literally being hunted. So, yeah, you know, and which I honestly like people, there wa- there aren't any critic scores, but there are 5,000 plus audience scores and it only has a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. And so people really don't like this movie and I don't know, I kind of enjoyed it personally. (laughs) So (laughs) it's not like my favorite movie ever. I might be jumping the gun here. I'd probably give it like a three because it's very middle of the road. Like you don't really think about it, but like I have thought about this film over the years and like if I could find it again, because I did remember it being like kind of different and like there was something about it and I couldn't quite remember what it was and like I knew that it was in a movie theater and I knew that there was something about the way he traveled and I was like did he travel through like was there a way that he traveled through light or like the projectors or something and I I did couldn't quite remember what it was but I knew it was different and I don't know for like only a million dollar budget which is not that big the acting was meh like it wasn't the worst I'd ever seen but it wasn't Mm -hmm. like terrible either and for it just to be this random film I found back in the day I mean it wasn't the worst I'd ever seen and honestly I had a fairly enjoyable time watching it so yeah the only piece of trivia I have is that the house in the movie is the same that was used in the devil's rejects so that's interesting oh and yeah that is interesting yeah and then yeah probably a three this is a middle of the road slasher for me but i did like some of the elements like whoever sees somebody a killer using like a a screw thing like that's cool i loved the movie theater element with like in the movie and you're watching the movie and like that was great i was like that's i've seen a couple movies that have that in there but other than that it was just a basic slasher but three out three out of five yeah, and I really struggle with slashers too because they're not my favorite genre of horror. And I, I think that people that love slashers and they, that's just like their thing have a much easier time of really talking them through and analyzing them. But if slashers aren't really your thing, it's very easy to be like, yeah, it was a slasher, you know, and that's kind of where I am with slashers. So I'd be interested to, you know, if slashers are like your shit, you could really talk about them and walk through them and analyze them. But that's just it's a slasher you know what i mean right like i can tell the difference between like an amazing slasher and like a middle of the road slasher and this was definitely like some people probably even put it way under middle of the road slasher but i had a pretty good time with it so mm-hmm. before we wrap up i'm not gonna say anything because this is Kristen's announcement to make but i am super excited for her so i'm gonna let her tell you so this is super exciting because I'm getting married on Wednesday. This comes out on Monday and you guys are actually going to be with us again for the St. Patty's Day episode, which, you know, per usual, but we're going to record it early because we're getting married on Wednesday. I'm so excited. 
I am so happy for you because this has been a long time coming and I know COVID kind of ruined your wedding day plans, but I'm glad you guys are actually going through with it and going to do it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be there for it, but we are going to try to do something later, you know, or you guys are, but you know, yeah. so we'll share, you know, obviously with you guys whenever we get to do something or Kristen will, but you know, yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, definitely. I'll try to get some pictures for you guys of at least Connor and I and our our pretty outfits. Yeah, hopefully it'll be a nice small thing with just our parents for this. And then hopefully once COVID is a little less crazy, maybe all of our friends can get together and stuff. So yay. Originally, we had planned to get married last October. And because of COVID, it just didn't work out. So now we've moved it to St. Patty's Day since that's always been our, you know, like anniversary day or Valentine's Day. It's always been like our special day. It kind of fit perfectly with us getting married this year. Yeah. Well, I think that it, I, I hate saying this and I don't necessarily subscribe to this belief all the time, but I think that, you know, with St. Patrick's Day being, you know, where you guys have always kind of celebrated your romantic holiday on that day, mm-hmm. even though October is like the spooky season in your favorite time of year, I think it just really kind of worked out you know on the dates I think it'll be even more special to y'all for it to be your anniversary and whenever we can celebrate you know it'll just be being able to be a little bit more stress-free hopefully for y'all agreed I'm really excited especially honestly for it to like be done I've been with him for so long we basically are married it'll be nice to just be (laughs) be married and finally get to say husband without backtracking. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, because even when we were in talking at the platform, you said husband, and then you backtracked to fiance, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I mean, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Talking about his ring, yeah. Exactly. So, well, send Kristen all the wedding wishes, and we'll, yeah, she'll get to actually have an episode out on her wedding day, so. Yay! You've probably seen this on social media, but if you have any encounters with deceased loved ones or anything that you would like to share, it doesn't have to be scary. That's not necessarily what we're looking for. I mean, if it is scary, feel free. But if you have any encounters with people that have passed on, we would love to hear about them because we are collecting those for a haunted happy hour. Please send them in. You can send them into any of our social media direct messages. Facebook and Instagram are The Extra Sisters Podcast. Twitter is at The Extra Sisters. Or you can email them to The Extra Sisters at Gmail. And of course, you can always find us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash the extra sisters podcast. Yes, and we'll be back with you or at least I will on Wednesday for welcome to Vegas. The odds are you won't leave alive till then stay creepy.